Hi, and welcome to another end time edition of Nightlight. With us is Joseph Kandel speaking to us over Skype from Budapest in Hungary. Nice to have you with us back on the show, Joe. Well, thank you, Simon, for having me back on your show. It's always it's always a privilege to uh, do a show with you, Joe. I don't know how many shows we've done now together, but I know it's been quite a few. Yeah, it's it's been quite a few over the years. Well, I think as the end time progresses and the signs of the times intensify, we seem to feel the need to do these shows more often. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with you, Simon. I mean, uh, especially this last uh, couple of years, they're just you know, almost on a daily basis where some major headlines are coming out. And right. it's almost like it's it probably would be good to do like a monthly summary. Right, maybe so. And do a show once a month and just sort of uh, recap what happened that month. Because as you said, you know, a, a lot of things are going on. There's, you know, with the all the earthquakes we're seeing around the world and the, you know, the war in the Middle East and, you know, the uh, economic situation in Venezuela and you know, and all the changes that are going on in America that's so, you know, divided between the socialist and the, you know, the rightist. There's just a big division in the states now. And, right. You know, so things are happening very quickly and things just seem to be accelerating as in time events unfold. Yes, Joe. And of course, since the last time you were on, we've had the U.S. election, which was, I mean, an extraordinary real time high stake reality show drama that gripped the whole world and the fallout from which is still ongoing. We talked about doing a show together, but so many things were happening from day to day that we agreed to do a show after the election and the dust had somewhat settled, at least to where we could look back and try to make some sort of sense of what has happened. Nightlight, keeping you in tune with the times. But before we get into our topic, let's start with the first song from our featured artist on this end time edition of Nightlight. His name is Ethan Allen Hawke. And this song, I'm sure, sums up what many people feel about everything that's thrown at us from all directions, on so many platforms, by the media, in all of its manifestations, that there's just too much information. sofa watching the latest news the things they say and the things you see give anyone the blues the whole world gets a fever when they hear about the flu get in line get your shot before it reaches you Thank you. 
Something new there from Ethan Allen Hawke, and we have four more songs from Ethan coming up during the course of this program. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. And you with the special end time edition of Nightlight. I'm joined by Joseph Kandel. We're talking together about the recently concluded US presidential election. Of course, Joe, it's been a very divisive election with an incredible amount of mudslinging going on dirt being dragged up to hurl at both candidates. And I think a lot of people were not happy with either candidate. It was like more voting against who they considered to be the worst of the two choices. Donald Trump, as we all know, unexpectedly against great odds, won and is set to become the 45th president of the United States. Now, as you listeners know, this is not a political program. So we're not taking a right or left wing view of what has transpired, but rather we pray that the Lord can help us to view this from his perspective and see how these developments dovetail with end-time Bible prophecy. End-time news and views. Joe, one thing that seemed to come more sharply into focus as the election reached its climax is that Trump stood for nationalism, putting America first, while Hillary Clinton more represented globalism and the forces which are trying to bring about a so-called global government or new world order. What was your view on the election, Joe? Okay, Simon. Well, first of all, regarding Trump, um, course the the question begs to be asked is Trump was he part of the new world order and of course we discussed this in the past and it seems that uh, he's he's not one of the players is like uh, Gingrich said that you know he's not part of the club so the question is now did did Trump really beat the globalist in this election right and uh, you know it, which is which is possible and uh, people especially Christians believe that maybe this is a you know delaying uh, judgment on America because he's he's coming in he seems to have some Christian values and he wants to you know bring back the integrity of, of the American government and the people and uh, so you know is, is he for real now that could be a possibility. That scenario could be right there where he, he is. He's fighting against the globalists. And if that is the case, then I believe and many others believe that the globalists are not going to take this line down. Yes. And if Trump did win, the globalists are going to fight back. And that and what is going to be their new plan? You know, for example, uh, you know, everybody knows that Shoro, she was backing Clinton. 
Uh, he, you know, he's a liberal b billionaire. And late last week, he, uh, with other top globalists, billionaire globalists, he had a meeting in Washington, D.C. for three days to plan war on Trump. Really? So you can see from right there is that, you know, the globalists are not going to take this line down if, in fact, you know, they were beaten by Trump. Uh -huh. Now, the other scenario that is out there, of course, we don't know if this is true. It's just a scenario. What if the, the globalists wanted Trump to win the election and that they're getting ready to, to crash the worldwide economy? They're getting ready to crash the U.S. dollar and the stock market to crash the whole entire system. So with Trump in, he'll get the blame right. for uh, you know these scenarios. So they could make him the scapegoat as they go ahead with their plan to you know bring in chaos and confusion so they can bring on their world government, the new world order, which is predicted in the Bible. If you read Daniel chapter 11, verse 21 through 20, 45, you it shows the rise of the world government and the rise of the Antichrist. Yes. So this is, this is all biblical when it comes to the world government and the coming world leader. So it's all there. But, uh, you know, some people think, oh, well, you know, Trump won and, you know, that's great. He's going to take, uh, you know, the inaugurations in, you know, January 2021st around that time period. We have a reprieve, but... I, you know, we have people have to be careful that this may not be a reprieve, but maybe this is going to bring out an all-out war, uh -huh. and uh, you know, this uh, this struggle between the globalist and uh, Trump and those who are behind him, you know, and of course the other scenario, uh, Simon, is that the, you know, uh, you, right now you have the socialist who. Uh, you know, are calling for uprising against Trump. In fact, they said that the recently demonstrators were dressed in black and they're calling for a violent uprising on Trump. And they, they say they're going to have the biggest demonstration on Inauguration Day in Washington, D.C. Gosh. You know, so obviously they're fighting, they're fighting back. And so, you know, that's the thing is, 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 you know, Trump, is he, you know, in his situation, now he seems to be more towards the right, and as he gathers and puts his cabinet in, you know, because basically the, the socialists, and the, you know, were the power in with the Clinton when, you know, she was the State Department, Obama, you know, he's a socialist, and so you had all these uh, so socialists in power, and now you have the, the other side. Now, could we be, ex you know, if the socialists are going to the streets, they're demonstrating, or it turns into riots, and they're, like you say, Simon, there's such a division between the right and the left. I mean, it's just like, it's like it's getting, you know, it could get close to an actual civil war. But what if, you know, the socialists are causing havoc around the United States, and all of a sudden you have a rise of the reactionary right. Uh -huh. You know, that's also a possible scenario where the right, you know, cracks down on the socialists because of their, you know, taking to the streets and, you know, maybe even getting violent. So there's just so many uh, scenarios in that situation. And uh, at this point in time, it's really hard to decipher exactly what will happen. So we just have to kind of watch and see how this will play out over the next month and, you know, him even getting in power. Yes. In fact, they're even saying that some are saying maybe there'll be, uh, you know, uh, some sort of uh, uh, martial law called in the United States because of terrorist attacks. 
You know, what if what if there's all of a sudden terrorist attacks hitting some major cities in the United States? Uh, just today, Simon, I read that uh, a top geologist was saying that in California, for example, they said the San Andreas Fault, you know, which runs from the uh, Bay, San Francisco Bay, all the way down to uh, very close to San Diego. Right. There's, they were saying today that uh, geologists that the whole the whole uh, fault, the whole earthquake fault, the whole can can break, you know, and shake, you know, all of California just going right down. You know, they just discovered that uh, just uh, recently. So they're very concerned that they're saying it's locked and loaded, ready to go. You have the Caseta in the Pacific Northwest. You got the New Madrid fault. So what if there's some major disasters? And so there's just such chaos and confusion that what if uh, Obama declares martial law and the globalists use that strategy to stop Trump from getting in. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but these are all scenarios that are out there to kind of keep an eye on and see how this will play out. The earth is shaking, hear that rumbling sound. Walls and bridges shaking, towers falling down. Seeing waves roaring, hearts all full of fear. Kings and nations warring, armor getting spear. Cry of warning, something's going down. But better get used to living. False prophets crying, freedom, brotherhood, equality. Laughing while they're lying at the world's stupidity. Every day closer to the Antichrist's ultimate goal Take a number, take a seat Be the first one on your street to sell your soul Cry of warning, something's going down Better get used to living underground Underground
that's our second song from Ethan Allen Hawke, The Earth is Shaking. I asked Ethan if he'd like to be a guest on Nightlight. He said that he's averse to publicity and interviews and that everything he wants to say is in his songs. Well, that's fair enough. But folks, that means you need to listen to his song lyrics carefully. And I have three more songs from Ethan yet to play you on this special end time edition of Nightlight. Signs of the Times. Okay, back to you, Joe. We know from our understanding of Bible prophecy that according to prophecies in the books of Daniel, Revelation, and elsewhere, that for a short time, seven years to be exact, the so-called globalists are going to succeed and there will be some kind of new world order and global government under the Antichrist. So the question now is whether the election of Donald Trump, as well as the Brexit vote for the UK to leave the European Union, whether this will delay the global elite's plans to establish a one world order, or if it may even speed them along if they feel forced to react to Trump's win in some drastic way. Yes, absolutely. Like I was saying, Simon, you're, well, first of all, you're absolutely right. Is this right now? It's like uh, we really, you know, we see through a glass darkly, so to speak. In other words, there's, you know, many different scenarios that can transpire. But like I was saying before, when we get into uh, when the rise of the Antichrist, the coming seven-year covenant, then it, get, it gets pretty clear. I mean, things sort of start coming together biblically-wise, you know, with the uh, Bible prophecy, and, and it starts to become much more clear, and the pieces of the puzzle make it so we can see the picture much easier. Right. So, but at this point in time, it's just, uh, you know, we, it's just sort of, we have to kind of wait and see how it plays out, and it's hard to decipher how close we are to the actual war government taking place, or, or the rise, you know, when the Antichrist rises to power and then leads the world government, and then, of course, he confirms the coming holy... Uh, covenant that it's called and it starts the last seven years and then the Jews will be allowed to rebuild their temple uh, and also resume their animal daily sacrifices which we're really hearing a lot in the news right now they really want to build this third temple and in fact the Sanhedrin they when uh, Trump won the election they're asking Putin and Trump if they could you know help to them so they can rebuild the temple the third temple you really? know really but of course, uh, they won't do it. They can't do it, you know, because that's where the Antichrist comes in, that he confirms the covenant. And then, you know, that's the key treaty, which would be a peace treaty as well as a religious treaty to, uh, you know, start the last seven years. And of course, to uh, uh, resolve the temporarily the Jerusalem problem where the three major religions, uh, Christianity, Judaism and Muslim, they will share the Jerusalem and probably other religious faiths. And then, of course, they you know rebuild the temple and resume their daily sacrifice until the Antichrist breaks the covenant in the middle of the seven years. And then, then we go on to Great Tribulation. Shining bright in the dark night, you're listening to Nightlight. Joe, you're talking about the rebuilding of the Jewish temple. Let me put in a plug here for the documentary on that topic, which I just put up on YouTube a few weeks ago already generated a terrific response. Listeners, if you'd like to see it, just search on YouTube for The Coming Temple. The main point of the documentary, Joe, besides examining the archaeological and historical evidence by some leading experts that the first and second Jewish temples never stood on the so-called Temple Mount, 
but over the Gihon Spring in the city of David. Uh, the documentary highlights the building of the third Jewish temple, wherever it may be built, as one absolutely concrete marker that will show us very plainly that we are in the last seven years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. When we see that temple standing in Jerusalem, Joe, where does that tell us that we are in the end time timeline and sequence of events? Well, Simon, when uh, in Daniel 9.27, it, it talks about the uh, Antichrist, the prince that shall come, and it says he can, shall confirm the covenant with many for seven years. And when that happens, then that, that starts the last seven years before Jesus' second coming and the resurrection and rapture. And under the covenant, uh, like I had mentioned, they'll re, the Jews will be allowed to rebuild their temple, which they're already ready to do. They got the material. Uh, they have the priest. You know, they're trained to do the sacrifices. I mean, they're all ready to go. They just, you know, they just need this uh, covenant to be able to move forward. Absolutely. So they'll rebuild their temple. They'll resume the daily sacrifice. And then, and but I believe the, the covenant, Simon, in my opinion, I think it's going to be very open. I think it'll be world news because it's going to be a temporary solution to the Jerusalem uh, burden and stone to the world. Yes. And I think the, the covenant will, uh, uh, like I said, they will share Jerusalem and the Jews will be allowed to rebuild their temple, resume their daily sacrifice, which is all part of Bible prophecy. But I think the Antichrist, because, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's, I don't think he's going to uh, suddenly come out of the word work and say, hey, you know, I have all the solutions to the problems. But I think he's going to be a guy that he's going to be known. He's going to have to have some political, um, you know, uh, recognition by people of the world, by governments of the world, and he's going to start coming in with these solutions to, you know, various problems that we're seeing in uh, Syria right now, where solutions to the world economy, as there probably will be an economic crash sometime in the, you know, near future. So he's going to come on the world scene and and give solutions to the world's problem. Then he's going to be hailed as a savior. Right. You know, he'll he'll uh, save a, uh, the world from a nuclear disaster, war save the world economy and you know he'll share the wealth and and this is all talked about in uh, Daniel chapter 11 uh, verse 21 through 45 you read that whole it talks about the rise reign and the wars of the antichrist yes and uh, and along with that but what we you know we have to wait for the world government to to come into place you know and one thing I want to mention Simon is a lot of people especially uh, in time Christians and stuff they think that like uh, when Trump got into power, that America, you know, was sort of spared, or at least temporarily spared. But I think people need to realize that there's sort of two two distinctions regarding America as as a country, according to Bible prophecy, and that is uh, one: yes, America is going through like they're they're totally divided right now between the left and the right, and you know they're on the brink of civil war, and uh, we can see a, a major collapse. In America, like you know, like they're, they're, they they will be forced into the new world order. They will right. be forced to go into the world government because of the conditions that they will eventually be in. Yes. But this is not the annihilation of America at this point. It's not the total destruction of America at this time point. Right. Right. Now we do know from Bible prophecy. Now this is, makes it very clear that when we go to uh, Revelation 17, now it's talking about the Great Tribulation. And verse 12 in Revelation 17, 12, and 13 says, And the ten horns which thou sawest are 
ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet but receive power as kings one hour with the beast who is the antichrist so these ten kings are going to join with the antichrist whether it's uh, you know the the world divided into ten parts and those are and each king is ahead of a part or whether the ten kings of europe that join with they say we don't know yet how that's all going to play out yes but we know the the, the the ten kings will unite with the Antichrist. Now this is during the probably the beginning of the tribulation, during the tribulation period. Then it says in verse 13, and these have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. So there we see the ten kings give the power. Now what happens, these ten kings, you know, join the Antichrist and now they're going to they're going to annihilate America possibly in the form of a nuclear war or some sort of you know new weaponry that uh, you know they're working on where they can you know they can take out you know the whole country uh -huh. and it says in uh, Revelation 17:16 it says the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast again ten kings and the antichrist these shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire so here's a many bible students uh, believe now that uh, America's role in the end time is that she's she's the epitome of the whore, you know, where she's the mother of harlot. She's you know, she was one of America's been one of the most wealthiest and productive countries ever right. in the world, and uh, so she stood out there. But it says that during the tribulation, these ten kings and the antichrist will destroy her with fire, which could possibly nuclear some sort of new d devices that for example Russia's working on uh -huh. and then in Revelations 18:7 it says in talking about the US is how much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously so much torment and sorrow give her for she saith in her heart I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow you know and that's that's the way America has been over many years now that you know because she became such a powerful nation and you know everybody wants to go to America and, and make money and live in America where you know the land of the free what it used to be right but it tells her here that uh, you know she's gonna she's she says oh I you know it's not gonna happen here I've talked to Americans and say well look this is gonna happen it's in the Bible it's Bible prophecy they say no it can't happen America it can't happen here you know we're too strong we're too powerful but we can see, but according to the scripture, uh, America will will receive judgment. But this is not going to be now. It'll be during the tribulation when the Antichrist breaks the covenant. And then it goes on to say in verse 8, 8 Revelations 18, 8, it says, Therefore her plagues shall come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall utterly be burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. So there you see that that is that will happen during the tribulation, and it, the Lord even warned America, especially Christians. This is come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and you receive not of her plague. So Christians during that time, as we get close to the tribulation, they will need to decide whether to stay in America or get out, because it will be burned with fire by the Antichrist and the ten kings that join her. And and what and Simon, you were talking about too. You made a good point about the, you know, the the merchants or the the wealthy guys in the world who run the globalists who run the world. You know, yes. obviously they're you know these secret societies. They're they're very rich. They're very powerful. And the Bible brings this out in Revelations eighteen twenty three b. It says, "For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by their sorceries." By their sorceries were all nations deceived. 
You know, so right there, it, it spills it out plainly how the, the big, rich billionaires like Soros and the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and the DuPonts, you know, these are the great men of the earth. But by their deception and their sorceries, you know, that they're using, they're using that to bring on their total plan, which is a world government, new world order. And of course, they're going to trot out eventually the man, the Antichrist, whoever, whoever he may be. So that's where it's all going. Another song there from our featured artist, Ethan Allen Hawke, When the Lights Go Out. 
Joe, according to Revelation 18, the Antichrist destroys in one hour what most Bible prophecy experts believe to be America. Is the Antichrist part of the current global elite, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, that's headed up by the multi-billionaires like George Soros, David Rockefeller, the Rothschilds, and other elite families? Is the Antichrist one of them? Or is he somebody who rises to power elsewhere in Russia or the Middle East and opposes them? From Revelation 18, it sounds like he fights against them and destroys them. They're, I think they're to bring in the world government is all part of the strategy. And of course, uh, <laughs> I think the globalists will back the Antichrist as well, uh-huh. you know, in, in my opinion, because it does say, that, you know, they were the great men of the earth for by their sorceries were all nations deceived. And I, so I think, I think that, uh, you know, they'll trot them out. Of course, the, what, what I think the situation will be that, you know, the globalists will help him rise to power with their money and backing and stuff like that. But that at the end of the day, he will rule over them. Right. You know what I mean? It might not say he's going to destroy them and kill them all or their power, but he will He will be ruling, you know, maybe, you know, because it says he's going to share the wealth and stuff. So I think anybody who doesn't cooperate with him within the globalists, and uh, that they, you know, if they don't cooperate with him, then he'll take them down for sure. But I think a lot of the globalists will, you know, they will go because there's been sayings, you know, they're waiting for the enlightened one. A lot of these are Luciferian people and they believe that there is a world leader coming. In fact, they say, you know, it's been said, now of course we can't verify this, that some people, that the, the Antichrist, whoever he may be, is out there somewhere and working behind the scenes as we speak, you know. So he's, he's still calling the shots, but maybe they put him in power, but then he comes out on top. You know what I mean? He 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 tells them what to do. So I think it would, in my opinion, I think it would be more like that. But we'd have to, we'll have to again wait to see how this will play out in the future. But I think they bring him in, and he, he you know he he usurps their power and authority, and he tells them what to do. And if they they don't do it, he you know he eliminates them. So I think it'll be more like that, in my opinion. Nightlight. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight. Shining God's love light to the world. Joe, I'd like to add into the mix here what the Australian-born award-winning journalist John Pilger said about the U.S. election. Now, he's a highly respected liberal anti-imperialist journalist and a filmmaker who's made several films, including Stealing a Nation and The War on Democracy, in which he champions the causes of oppressed peoples around the world. John Pilger said of this election, he said, Hillary, the embodiment of the status quo, was the candidate of, in quotes, sanity, the candidate for, in quotes, women. This grotesque campaigning for a person who represented great rapacious power has probably been the most eye-opening side to this election. She's the very embodiment of a dangerous, warmongering system that has declared the world a place where it can go to war wherever it likes, where it can bomb agricultural communities in Yemen, where half the children are malnourished, where it can do what it likes in Syria, do what it likes in Iraq. Most of humanity regards that kind of behavior from allegedly the most powerful country in the world as abhorrent. Now, whether Trump will be abhorrent is an open question. He says he's anti-establishment, but of course, he will come with his own establishment. 
He's anti their establishment. I don't believe for a moment that he's anti the wider establishment of the United States. Indeed, he's a product of it. That shock surprise is the same as the Brexit vote, a kind of how dare these people vent their frustrations at the ballot box. The truth is, there was no one to vote for in the United States. The system threw up those who could afford it. Trump had his own money. Clinton was backed by the Democratic Party. Clinton was backed by the arms companies. Her financial backers included all but one of the 10 leading arms manufacturers in the world. People, for all kinds of reasons, don't like this. The main reason is what has happened to their lives. The way a corrupt banking system has destroyed their lives, has destroyed jobs, destroyed whole cities and towns, the towns that the Democratic Party once claimed to represent. And that's what they don't like, and that's why they voted for Trump. As for the mainstream media, John Pilger had this to say. He said, they're not journalists, they're anti-journalists. One of the most revealing aspects of this has been the exposure of journalism as an extension of that same corrupt established power that I've been speaking about. They're not independent. They are echo chambers. They amplify and echo that which is handed down to them. The New York Times, for example, has become a kind of Cold War propaganda sheet with all the nonsense about Russia interfering in this campaign. That's not journalism. Nightlight Insights. And that was John Pilger's insight into the election. And as for the mainstream media, Ethan Allen Hawke has this to say. As is my habit, I turn on my TV. Those talking heads are talking to me. You say, let's get together Save the planet while we still can I like their message but I don't like them Cause when they pitch the news They make it speak Watch it spin Spinning a message of fear and hate Numbing the mind just like an opiate Telling the truth with a skeptic Are you all? 
Sightlights Interview of the Week is with Joseph Kandel once again, also known as End Time Joe, and we're trying to digest the results of the recent US presidential election, not taking sides either to the left or the right, but rather trying to see this monumental event in the light of End Time Bible prophecy. Joe, in your notes that you sent me, you sent me this headline, Putin issues international arrest warrant for George Soros. Is that spin? Is that somebody's spin? Or is that true? Uh, Simon, it was a it was a news uh, clip. And uh, of course, you, when things come out in the news, uh, especially nowadays, it's like, it, you know, it's hard to know whether it's true or not. But that's what the headline said that, you know, they do say, I mean, it looks like at least on the surface that Putin is possibly, you know, fighting the globalists because uh, he knows George Soros, uh, uh, is part of it. Uh, Orban here in Hungary kicked George Soros out, and their uh, IMF, you know, he he kicked him out. There is there is a possible war going on there. But then again, like I've said in the past, though, we know that Kissinger, who is a whipping boy for the globalists, you know, he uh, he meets with Putin regularly, and uh, they have meetings, and you know, uh, Putin says he's his top one of his top advisors. So sometimes it's really hard to know, you know, exactly how what's going on behind the scenes absolutely you know like you know you were saying and i were saying is like when the antichrist comes on the scene it gets a bit more detailed because it's in the bible right we see everything in there that's going on when it's referring to the ac and what's going to happen all those prophecies make it pretty clear on the layout especially the last seven year time period yes but now it's like you know how much is <laughs> true how much is uh, propaganda how much is uh, you know it's very very difficult to say but maybe he did i you know maybe he did like trump for example let's say you know he he's not part of the club he's not part of the globalists as gingrich said you know they might see well let's see what he does let's see maybe they're going to try and put guys into the government that work for the globalists you know which is what they try to do they've done it with reagan and other leaders where they put their men around him you know so we have to see how he does but if he if he's if he really starts fighting fighting the globalists you know you know then they they could you know easily assassinate him as well just like uh, what's his name uh, Paul Craig Roberts you know he used to be the United States Assistant Secretary of the Treasury for Economic Policy under the Reagan administration. Uh-huh. And he came out with a warning for Trump and said, look, man, if you start curbing the power and the budget of the military, the security complex, and holding Wall Street politically accountable, he said he could be assassinated, which it, which is very, very true. I'm sure. And, uh, I mean, look what happened to uh, John Kennedy, uh, Simon. He uh, he fought the global. He made his famous... Uh, uh, speech back in um, April 1961 and he actually did a speech and he, he exposed the secret society and exposed the, the, their dangers and their plans. This was two and a half years before his assassination. Now he tried, Kennedy tried to kick out the central bank. You know he started having the Congress print silver certificate dollars. I mean these were greenback dollars but it was called silver certificate. So he was in the process of dumping the central bank just like Andrew Jackson did many years before that and so he was doing that and then he signed up uh, an order 
to have the advisor, American military advisors from South Vietnam to he was going to bring them back home and he wasn't going to get involved with uh, Vietnam. And as soon as he was assassinated, Johnson's first order was he, re he reversed Clinton's order, uh, order, order and to be able to send troops, you know, advisors into uh, Vietnam. So that order was completely turned around. And of course, the problem with the silver certificate, that was eliminated. There was no more. They stopped printing that when he was assassinated. You know, and of course, we see what happened that they had in 1964, they had the Gulf of Tonkin incident off the coast of North Vietnam. And it says that the North Vietnam torpedoed a destroyer, tried to attack an American destroyer. And it turns out that the Gulf of Tonkin affair never really happened. Gosh. It didn't happen. Gosh. But they used that as a pretext to go to war, and that brought America into the Vietnam War, which, you know, killed, what, 56,000 American soldiers, and, of course, hundreds of thousands were injured, and, you know, and it divided the country. So there's all this kind of stuff that goes on. So anyway, in the case with Kennedy, he just got too independent, and he... And they had to eliminate him. So sad. Because, and then, of course, uh, Bobby Kennedy was going to run, and he was winning so far the primaries. And then in Los Angeles, uh, he was assassinated. But one of his first things he was going to do when he got in office, if he won the presidency, he was going to get the Americans out of Vietnam. You know, and, of course, the, the globalists wanted that war to keep going so they could make money. So, you know, that's another thing, too, to watch out how they, you know, they could take him out if he doesn't do what they want him to do. So that's also a scenario that we didn't touch on, but that's very real as well. The dogs of war are running wild beneath the blood red moon. The fire of hell is burning in their eyes. Chains of steel bind them to their unseen master's hand He turns them loose first on the left then on the right Like magic, guns and bombs appear wherever there is strife And reap their bloody harvest of men but Young and old and women soldiers stark and staring Eyes cold, the ripened fruit of someone else's sin. The cannons fire another round, the warning sirens start to sound. Greedy missiles always seeking more to feed the dogs. of the dogs of war is Satan's only son When he says jump government say how high He orchestrates their politics and rules behind the scenes with flattery and subterfuge and lies Money has no hold on him he doles it out to lesser men like hungry little pigs they fight for his soul he subjugates the rich and gives the poor to feed the dogs of war 
of war will reap what he has sown. He loses hold upon the souls of men. The hell he made for everyone will soon become his own, and his bloody rule will meet the fiery end. The bells of freedom start to sound, and soldiers throw their weapons down. All nations swear that they will fight no more. And that's the fifth and final song on this edition of Nightlight from Ethan Allen Hawke, Dogs of War. I wish more people were writing songs like these. It's never completely dark when you're listening to Nightlight. Joe, to me, one of the most shocking and eye-opening things that transpired towards the end of the election campaign were the shocking emails that were being released every day by Julian Assange and WikiLeaks, they drew the curtain aside on the most incredible, horribly vile satanic rituals and pedophilia, things so dark and evil, uh, they're almost unbelievable in the depths of their depravity. And they're a routine part of the entertainment and recreation of many in the highest levels of the political elite, not only in the US, but also in other countries like the UK, Australia, where victims of state-organized satanic child abuse are right now trying to fight to have their stories heard. Usually the stories of these victims are not believed or brushed aside, but now with the release of the contents of the emails of John Podesta, Hillary Clinton's campaign manager. People have been able to read for themselves the awful reality of what these people do for kicks and also to get riches and power by engaging the most vile, evil kind of satanic practices in direct worship of the devil. And this has nothing to do with politics or supporting Trump or Clinton, the left or the right. It's just plain, evil, vile, spiritual wickedness in high places. And I'm sure it's been a wake-up call to many Christians, just how blatant and wholehearted is the worship of Satan and the indulgence in the most vile forms of sacrifice and evil by so many in positions of government and in the entertainment industry. Yeah, it's uh, you're you're totally right, Simon. Uh, uh, the thing is with the with the globalist elite, they they don't like to call it Satanism. They like to call it Luciferian, right? And uh, that's that's what they usually do. But it, not only, yeah, I mean, the exposed there was. I mean, this just came out before the election, and it was shocking. I have friends in the states that were just totally shocked and discouraged to hear all this. You know, like what you're saying, it's just unbelievable. It's such darkness. But you know, the, so they're attacking in that way. You know, the Luciferians. But look at now, like. Uh, just another school in Oregon. They're they're putting Satanist classes in the elementary school for after school. So they're they're hitting the young kids. You know, uh, any anywhere that has a good news club, a Christian good news club, the the Satanists are going into these schools and setting up their you know the Satanists on the ele- elementary school level. Man. And another thing, Simon, that was 
very interested that we talked about, oh, maybe it was two or three shows ago, and remember we talked about how they were going to put the the uh, the Temple Ark to Baal. Right, and right. And they were going to put it in, uh, I think it was New York, and they were thinking about Trafalgar Square. Yeah, I was wondering and about then that. They ch- and then there was a delay. They changed their mind. There was, I guess, you know, there were people fighting against it. But just on September 19th, 2016, uh, they erected uh, the Temple Ark to Baal, was dedicated in New York City. And it was put in a park just outside of City Hall. Gosh. And, of course, Baal, again, just to refresh people's memory, was the god to whom they sacrificed their children to. Man. And they also practiced sexual immortality and called basically evil and, you know, called good evil and evil good. And so they've put that up. So you can just see how dark spiritually, how, you know, the the spirit of Lucifer and Satanism and the dark side of the spiritual world is really get, getting a stronger and stronger foothold, foothold around the world, preparing the way for the world government, preparing the way for the coming Antichrist world dictator. You know, so it's like preparation is, groundwork is being laid. Joe, I pray that Christians everywhere will now more clearly be able to see that the real battle is a spiritual one. It's not left against right or Republicans against Democrats. It's a war of the worlds going on between the forces of Satan and the forces of Jesus, which is finally going to end in the Battle of Armageddon. When the armies of heaven literally invade this planet, take it over by force from Lucifer and his satanic forces, and then we will establish the only true one world order, one world government under the rule of Jesus Christ. That's really the only choice that people have, the only true vote and choice they can make. Only two candidates on the eternal ballot box. You either have to choose Jesus or Satan. Bringing you peace in the midst of the storm. You're listening to Nightlight. Well, we're just about at the end of the show. Thanks so much, Joe, for being with us. Okay, Simon, thank you. And right now, as much as we can look forward to a future heaven on earth, we're here, stuck here in the final chapter of the devil and his people's rule of our planet. And it's easy to get worried, fearful, dismayed, appalled at everything we see going on around us with the world growing darker every day. So I'd like to close with some very encouraging and comforting verses from the Psalms that will help us see the world and everything that's going on and the evil people who run it as God sees them. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves 
in the abundance of peace. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. And those encouraging verses from Psalm 37 brings us to the end of this special edition of Nightlight. Hope it's been a blessing to you and that you'll join me again next time. God bless. Bye-bye.